Hello everyone, this is Heather. This is Kara. And you're listening to I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. This is episode number eight. So hello, welcome back. Recently, a new movie came became available on Netflix. Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Fire Saga! Starring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Cutting to the chase, we recommend it. We enjoyed it, and we think you'll enjoy it too. But this new release of this movie, I feel like gives us an opportunity to do a Will Ferrell retrospective. And we will be beginning with his early career at Saturday Night Live through his films which eventually brought us to the newest movie today, which is Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Will Ferrell was born in Irvine, California. Uh, His mom was an elementary school teacher and she also taught college courses as well. Um, His dad played the saxophone keyboards for the Righteous Brothers Band. Wow. Uh, Will went on to go to the University of Irvine, where he was a kicker on the football team. He played on the soccer team. He was the captain of the basketball team. And early in elementary school, he decided, specifically in the third grade, he realized that he had the ability to make other people laugh which was a huge discovery. Um, So he went on to try to do stand-up comedy, which he felt he wasn't really good at. Um, So he decided to enroll at the um, Groundlings Improv Training. And that is located in Los Angeles. Uh, So many amazing people have come out of that program. And uh, Saturday Night Live, Uh, goes there routinely to scout for talent. In 1994 was Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan, and Sherry O'Terry. They were invited to come to New York and audition for Saturday Night Live. So Will Ferrell became a cast member of Saturday Night Live in 1995, and he was there for seven years. So his last show as a cast member was in 2002. He's come back to host the show in uh, 2005, 2009, 2012, 2018, and 2019. And hopefully he'll be back again. So I thought we'd go back to his most memorable Saturday Night Live characters because for Kara and I at least, I mean, that's where we really, we, we as a family really enjoy Saturday Night Live. We have been lifelong fans of the show since its beginning. And we always stick with it because, you know, whenever there's a change in the guards, new cast members, they usually routinely, there is always at least one good skit in every show. And sometimes the entire show is incredible. You just never know. It's what's ever happening in the world, what's ever in the ether at the time. And then of course the creativity of the writers and the performers all in a mix. You just never know what you're going to get. And 
I mean, that is the explanation or um, that's just how sketch comedy goes. Because not every skit is for every person in the audience and it's not for it's not going to make every person laugh. It's not for everybody. And I understand that and there are some skits that I am crying from laughing so hard and then I will share it and people are like oh yeah it was okay I'm like what? so again everybody has different types of humor but I 100% I agree with you that there's always one sketch, one skit that just lands so hard so very hard and those are the ones that you remember it makes you keep tuning in and coming back for more and growing up watching Saturday Night Live I mean I felt like Will Ferrell was always part of the cast until he wasn't so for me personally my like when I first started watching live Saturday Night Live shows it I refer to as the Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, Mike Myers years, um, which is, of course, before Will Ferrell. I feel like that's my base of Saturday Night Live. Um, but this this cast of the 1995 through to the 2000, I think, Carol, was your base of what you started I with, remember, with live shows. I remember I had the kind of the heart of the Will Ferrell cast, which is like 95, 96 to the 2000s when I was in high school. So to my memory, the cast of when Will Ferrell started, it was uh, Chris Kattan, it was Sherry O'Terry, uh, Tracy Morgan, Jim Brewer, Colin Quinn, Chris Parnell, and Anna Gasteyer. Molly Shannon. Um, that's all I can remember at the moment. I, I apologize to anyone I'm forgetting. The cast that year, it seems small. Were pretty small. I don't think they were that. I don't think they were. I feel like everybody was in every sketch because there were less people in the cast. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, perhaps I think Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall actually was in that cast. I think he, he came over, or excuse me, down from Canada uh, to join the Saturday Night Live cast, which Kids in the Hall was also produced by Lauren Michaels. And we'll be doing, in the future, we will, we will be doing a Kids in the Hall um, episode. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, um, that's who I remember from that cast. And those are all- Amazing. Amazing, hilarious. Yes. Yeah. So that was the cast, um, to my memory, which, you know, great group. Perhaps someone would say a bit edgier. Um, the content was a little bit edgier than past seasons, perhaps. I went and looked up some of the biggest characters that uh, Will Ferrell used to do on Saturday Night Live, and I tried to date them so I could go, kind of go in order. And right out of the gate, First season, 1995, the Spartan cheerleaders. Now, 
some of you may know immediately what I'm talking about. Some of you might have no clue what I'm talking about and some have a foggy idea. But let me just say, with, before I say more, the Spartan cheerleaders hit like a meteor. It was one of the biggest things in pop culture. I remember in that Halloween, you could buy the exact replica Spartan cheerleader, male and female couples costume. It was insane. And may I add that the costuming was Will Ferrell wearing white pants and the sweater. Mm -hmm. Full sweater. Wool sweater. That how how sweaty under the lights must you be and then how hard they're hitting those moves and I just remember when they were at the pool that's the one that stands out to me the most is the swim team the dive team when they're at the pool so the Spartan cheerleaders is Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry which they work together at the groundlings and they, and in interviews, um, Will Ferrell has said, Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry invented those characters and started forming the script the first day that they were allowed in the studio. And they just, it just happened. And so that was like one of the first skits that they created when they were hired. I mean, that's incredible so they're from east lake high school their team is the spartans that's their mascot will ferrell is craig sherry o'terry is ariana so the story story backstory of the characters is they didn't they tried out for the cheerleading team they did not make the squad but they went and bought the uniforms anyway and they show up to events to cheer where no one has invited them or wants them there. And so, the, like Kira said, the, the events that they attend are a football game, a basketball game, a chess match, a swim meet, a math competition, a wrestling match, a ping pong tournament, a bowling tournament, and then at the beach for some reason. I'm guessing beach volleyball, but I don't remember. Doesn't Chris Kattan or Jim Brewer come up and he's wearing... It's, a... it's Tim Meadows. Oh. It's Tim Meadows. <laughs> and he's so angry. And he's like, why are you here? We are under the water. We can't hear you cheering. The, the side banter, they get distracted by someone. It, and they talk to someone off camera, out of frame. And then they go, oh, okay. And they do like this kick when they turn around to go back. Psych, into, it, psych up themselves. Uh, to get back into formation before they do a cheer. And I, I just love it so much so much because it's a hundred percent accurate and those of you who are actual real cheerleaders know what i'm talking about because the fact that they didn't make the squad but the effort that they go through to 
make up their own cheers and they hit so hard and when Will Ferrell picks her up it's it's so great so yes I remember um, one of the people that they talked to off camera is Ariana's friend Alexis but she's not Alexis. Re- she's not really her friend she's like a friend enemy oh my gosh do you see who that is Alexis Alexis and would you look and 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 Craig is so supportive of her and he's like look at her hair do you see what I'm saying and so she, she um, Ariana realizes that Alexis has gone and gotten the exact same haircut as her. What did you do? Just follow me to Supercuts? Why are you copying me? You're copying her. How dare you? They're not romantically No, involved. it's they so are... pure. They're just friends, and they are filled with school spirit. The Spartan spirit. The Spartan spirit. And so they would do cheers that they made up themselves uh, including R O W D I E. That's the way we spell rowdy, rowdy. Hey, hey, rowdy. And of course, cha cha boogie, cha 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 boogie. Roll call. And then they would go on from there. It always ended up where they were going to end the skit because they really had to pull it together and to spirit on the team to win. You've got to have the perfect cheer. The perfect cheer? The perfect cheer. And so they would get out their boom box and put on the, of the track. And one of the tracks I remember using was Funky Cold Medina by Tone Loke. Which, if you don't have that on your Amazon Prime, Pandora, iTunes, whatever your listening avenue is, and you don't have that in your mix... I don't want to know you, and I don't. I don't think we could be friends. <laughs> so one of the other characters soon after was Marty Culp and Bobby Mohan Culp. Uh, so Marty Culp was Will Ferrell, and Anna Gasteyer was his wife, and they were music teachers from Altadena Middle School. Will Ferrell will be on keyboard and vocals, <laughs> and and Bo- and Bonnie Mo- Mohan Culp was on vocals for s- elementary school assemblies. They were doing prim and proper conservative melodies, rewriting the lyrics of modern pop, R and B, and rap songs. So Will Ferrell has on a bald cap, a beard. Uh, Anna Gastar has on a curly wig uh, with big, huge reading glasses and mm, 1970s-style dress. They speak very quietly and very properly because they are teachers. But they like to have a little fun. To relax on the weekend, they have a tradition of making bobbly pizzas. Which always just cracked me up. Because we only did it once. We did it. We did it once. Never again. That was a hoot. But anyway, they would then begin. They spend most of the time trying to get the audience to be quiet. 
and pay attention because they're elementary school kids and they're just messing around. And most often Tim Meadows would be the school principal and he'd come in and try to get the kids to settle down. Uh, so another one that was not a recurring character, but it was a huge skit for us was the overprotective jacuzzi lifeguard. That was when Jim Carrey hosted and it's Will Ferrell, Tim Meadows, and Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is perched atop a lifeguard tower over a jacuzzi and Will Ferrell goes into the jacuzzi just to relax and Jim Carrey harasses Will Ferrell non-stop for his safety. I think it's one of like the top 10 most iconic skits SNL's ever had. I mean, it, it, it goes next to too hot in the hot tub. <laughs> Are we just talking about hot tub skits now? Sir, I need you to calm down. There's no diving, There's sir. There's no diving, sir. There's no diving. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, sir? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I mean, when he, throw, when he gets a cramp in his toe... And think and will, I, I, and Jim Carrey has to dive in to quote save him from himself. All you gotta do is stand up, bro. Like, it's again tears will pour from your eyes from the laughter. So, in 1996, we get our first appearance of Celebrity Jeopardy and Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. Classic. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. So as you would suspect, the, the joke of this is that all the different cast members can try out their best impressions of celebrities and just put them behind the podium. And the joke is, of course, that celebrities are absolute morons and they cannot get any of the questions correct, no matter how simple they are. And Sean Connery... It's just a dirty old man. It played by Daryl Hammond, and he is just incredible. And he hates his character. Suck it, Trebek. Hates Alex Trebek for some unknown reason, which is never explained, but just has a, a vicious hate for Alex Trebek because one of the things he says is when Alex corrects, says the correct answer. With some disdain. That's what your mother said last night. <laughs> or says, it's easy for you because you read from a card. Anyone can read from a card. Which is true. <laughs> but it's just the back and forth. And I remember the all the different uh, cast members that would be celebrities. There would be um, Molly Shannon as Minnie Driver. There was... Um, Reynolds. Oh, Gosh, Norm McDonald's as Norm McDonald as Burt Reynolds, and I've heard him say that when he was getting ready, you know, they did the rehearsal and everything. He was getting wardrobe ready with the wardrobe department. They were trying. They were like, okay, let's, you know, we got a recent picture of Burt Reynolds and what his hair and 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 Norm McDonald goes, no, 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 I want to be classic Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds. And they're like, well, that's not, he goes, that's the only way it's going to be funny. And he's chewing gum. The whole time. The whole time. And then I remember the one where he's got a big hat. That's why it's funny. See? It's because it's, um, 
it's uh, larger than a regular size regular size hat. It's just like, oh my gosh. And Norm McDowell is one of those comedians who is not afraid to put in a pause. And he will ride that pause for as long as he deems it is necessary. Because when he tells a joke, him and I tell jokes very similarly that it takes forever to get to the punchline. Oh my gosh. One joke will take an entire sketch, but when you get there, and if it lands, it lands so hard. But I remember Jimmy Fallon played French Stewart. From Third Rock from, from the, the Sun. Sun sitcom, he played Adam Sandler. I, I think Tom Hanks actually came on and was Tom Hanks. Yeah, he and he goes, himself. "No, I'll be me." Yeah, which was fantastic, so great. Oh gosh! And then I remember David Duchovny hosted, and he was on Celebrity Jeopardy, but he played Jeff Goldblum. Yes, which was incredible. It's fantastic. I mean, that skit was so great. It opened up so many opportunities for people to introduce characters, uh, show off their the strength of their impression. When I was writing down these things, there are certain ones where I just saw the name of the skit and I started laughing so hard because I could remember it. One of my favorite ones, and it was a skit that happened a couple, maybe three times, and it was called Goth Talk. Goth Talk was Molly Shannon, Chris Kattan, and Will Ferrell, and sometimes Jim Brewer. And Molly Shannon's character was Cersei Nightshade. Chris Kattan was Azriel Abyss. Will Ferrell was Baron Von Nocturna. And what it was, was it was kind of a similar blueprint to Wayne's World skit, where it was these teenagers, public access in Florida, on the Sunshine State Cable Access. So the beginning of the skit was this bright, happy cartoon sun, and then it went to the public access, and it was goth talk. So it was in the middle of this era in American high schools where these kids were turning goth. And that's where you wore all black. You dyed your hair black. You were wearing black lipstick, black mascara, very Elvira. Uh, yes. Um, black nail polish. And this was a new thing for us in it, that was occurring. And so they hit on this trend that was happening, um, obsessed with death and the macabre. And so... This was before Twilight and vampires and things like that. The fact that it was the goth scene in... Was it Asriel Abyss? Yes. Was it in his basement? Yes. Yes. And in Florida. In Florida. And and Jim Brewer played his older brother. And his, and his older brother was like named Craig or something. And he was a total jerk. And he was not gone. No. He and he hated his brother. Him. Hated him. Because he was like, because Asriel was in high school. And I think his brother was like in his first year of college. So he's just just a jerk. Just a total jock meathead. Yeah. Chris Kattan's character, Azrael, in after school he worked at Cinnabons. And Will Ferrell's character worked at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and so they just cannot catch a break. No matter what they do, no matter how, 
how scary they try to be. No one takes them seriously, and it's hilarious. Another skit was with Jingleheimer Junction, and that was supposed to be a fake PBS children's morning time show. Jingleheimer Joe is Tim Meadows, Katie Kindness, Carla Caring, Umberto Unity. Which is Horatio Sands. Yes, and then it's Anna Gasteyer and Cam- special guest Cameron Diaz as the ladies. So <clears throat> they come out and the cast is wearing bright blue sweaters that have a single letter from the alphabet. Katie Kindness has a huge K. Carla Caring has a huge C. Umberto has a big U. And then they announce that they're so excited to announce their brand new friend. And out comes Will Ferrell. So excited to be there. What's your name? I'm Fred. And I have a huge F on my sweater for friendship. And Tim Meadows is not having it. He instantly recognizes, oh no, there's been a huge error. And we as the audience start cracking up. Because they just need to shuffle the letters to make the F word. And that's the joke of the entire skit is Tim Meadows, Jingleheimer Joe is desperately (laughs) trying to get rid of Fred. It's just a treasure. And the the funny thing, using the F word, funny, is Will Ferrell gets more and more upset and frustrated and doesn't feel welcome. <laughs> because Tim Meadows is mortified of what they might spell out. Yes. So great. So there was another skit called... Jeffries. And Jeffries was a high class, very upscale retail store. And it would usually be Jimmy Fallon as a clerk and a guest host would be the other clerk. And Horatio Sands would end up being one of the customers. When I was looking this up, uh, the character Jeffries was based on a real person, which I had no idea. Um, His name was Jeffrey Kalinsky. And he was known as a future, having a futuristic point of view of retail. He worked for Nordstrom. He worked for Barney's and several other um, high class institutions and is credited as making uh, the fashion brand Chanel in high demand once again, having a resurgence. So he was a very big deal especially in New York. And so they made this skit called Jeffries, which was parodying his high class sensibility. The manager of the store was Will Ferrell and he'd always come in at the end and he would usually be on a Vespa scooter for some reason and would have the most microscopic cell phone that you would ever seen because tiny equals sophistication which translates to Zoolander yes I feel like Mugatu is highly pulled 
from his character from the Jeffrey skit. Absolutely fantastic. Now, speaking of things where he pulled characters for movies, number one has to be the Roxbury Boys. Uh, with, with Chris Kattan. With Chris Kattan. And when Chris Kattan breaks the window with his head. Because they're bobbing so hard to What is Love by Hathaway. Again, if that song is not on your mix, if it's not part of your music catalog, I don't want to know you. We cannot be friends with the suits and the gold chain. I mean, that it's such a snapshot of 1990s culture the music scene the dance scene it's it's so hilarious it's so funny about how they try to pick up women they think they're so cool and so hot and they're just horrible they're awful so they're doug and steve butabi will ferrell has said that the inspiration was they were at an actual nightclub in real life and they saw a man exactly doing this and they're like this is incredible they would ask ladies to dance and the way they would ask was me you want to dance with me you want to dance with him me him him me me you do you don't yeah okay don't worry about it don't worry about it okay, no, okay. No, 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 no no problem and i think it's also a nod to steve martin and dan Aykroyd. wild and crazy, crazy guys. guys it's very much in that vein i feel which is great which oh gosh um, the lovers, or more specifically, lovers. Again, in a hot tub. In the hot tub, uh, Rachel Dratch as Virginia, Will as Roger. They are two professors who have no issues discussing their love life with anyone who will listen, and they frequent the hot tub at the Wellesley Arms Hotel, and it's usually Jimmy Fallon who unsuspectedly has joined their party. And I think whoever is their guest... Also there. The, the whole the whole premise, I feel like, by Rachel and Will Ferrell, is to make whoever is in the sketch with them to break. Yes. And Jimmy can never keep it together. Never. He gets about 30 seconds into the skit. I think there's one time where he barely even gets in the hot tub and he's already trying to suppress the laughter and it's the, the fact that is it's so over the top gross yes they so talk about how they have dined upon uh, spiced lamb shanks have adorned each other with fruit liniments horrifying and so they finally end up scaring away whoever's there and then they begin to get close to each other and then before anything happens will ferrell starts screaming that he has back pain and and, and screaming at rachel not to touch him <laughs> another one which i believe will ferrell has said he has no idea how it actually got on the air not once but more than once and that's dog show I love dog show is I will do the dog show. And that's Will Ferrell banging on a snare drum. Uh, his name is Mr. David Larry. And then there's 
<laughs> Molly Shannon as Miss Colleen. They are a married couple, but they sleep in separate bedrooms and have separate baths. They each have their own dog, Mr. Rocky Balboa and Mr. Bojangles. And Mr. Bojangles is a Pomeranian. <laughs> Isn't he in a wizard costume? They, they, they change outfits all the time. But that's my favorite one. And the characters say that they don't like most people, but they are extremely fond of dogs. There are many skits on here. Um, so I'll just go to the ones that where he did it more than one time. And that's inside the actor's studio with James Lipton. Some of you may not know what the heck I'm talking about, but at the time, inside the actor's studio with James Lipton was huge. It's it was what, an enormous show. It's what made Bravo, Bravo, the TV channel. James Lipton would interview at the time when it first was getting off the ground were very iconic big time actors and people that you wanted to know how they you know worked on their craft how they prepare for roles and and things like that at the end of each interview were the canned questions yes that everyone desired to know the answers to if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? When you would get to the pearly, arrive at the pearly gates, what would you want God to say to you? Yes. A lot of pressure, I feel. But if you watched the show, you had, you have you had time to prepare. So the, the joke was when um, Will Ferrell was playing James Lipton, he would have an enormous stack of blue cards that had information. Because the real James Lipton, of course, would have cards to help him go through the interview. Like anyone, like I'll be with real with you right now. I have a stack of papers in front of me, so I keep us on track. How's it going? Um, but anyway, so they would have a stack of blue cards to the ceiling for the skit, which, you know, is hilarious. And he would make up words Will Ferrell would say, your acting in this role was nay. There is no word. I will invent one. Scrumtralescent. <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell as Harry Carey. Um, hey! Chicago, hey. <laughs> Chicago Cubs. If the, moon, if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? I mean, just putting him where he had no business being. They started it as a character on Weekend Update where they just push him out on a chair. And then they're like, no, we can, we can this has legs. We can do it. it the, the funny thing about this was is that I didn't know who Harry Carey was. And the, the, the laughter that I got was, oh, he's making fun of sportscasters. And then my dad is laughing because he's like, no, that's... That's a real guy. That's, that's actually someone who uh, has, uh, you know, graced us with his presence in sports casting. And my friends call me Whiskers. <laughs> because I'm curious as a cat. <laughs> it's just like, what? You know that he probably. Oh, God bless him. So, <sighs> morning latte. And that was Sherry O'Terry <laughs> as Cass Van Rye, and oh. Will Ferrell was Tom Wilkins. And they, 
<laughs> they were a morning talk show where they were the hosts and they were just morons and, and they'd always come you know they show the graphic morning latte yeah woo it's a hot one out there and they just get everything wrong everything is wrong and they so Will Ferrell's character goes, so Cass, um, the wife and I, we went out last night to the new restaurant and it was fantastic in Italian place and it was called Abbondanza. And you know what that means, right? <laughs> So she'd go, she'd go, well, of course, Abadanza in, in Italian means, means affection. And he goes, no, it means abundance. 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 Um, another one that Will Ferrell would do on Weekend Update was Jacob Silge. And Jacob Silge suffered from voice immodulator syndrome. And that is where you have no control over the volume of your voice. And frequently he was the department attache to an ambassador to a foreign country. I won't do it for you because I know sometimes I already talk too loud anyway in the microphone, but he's just screaming the entire time. It's me. And, oh. and the newscasters will get angry at him and tell him to be quiet. And then he gets angry because it's a medical condition and he has no control. So. We saved the best for last, and I think that this is probably the skit that Will Ferrell is known the most for, and that is More Cowbell. Oh. And that is... Iconic. Iconic. It, the, story go, the story of the skit is that it's VH1 behind the music with the band Blue, Blue Oyster Cult and how they recorded the song The Reaper. And it's Bruce Dickinson, which is Christopher Walken. It's Gene Frankel, which is Will. It's Chris Parnell, Jimmy Fallon, and Chris Kattan, all dressed in their best 70s garb. And they are in the recording studio. Uh, Horatio the Sands the is Reaper. also there, too. And the Reaper is that you hear a certain instrument, and Christopher Walken is the producer. And... They do take after take, and he'll come in through the door and go, you know, guy, I can't do, I can't do a Christopher Walken impression. He, he incur really encourages the band to explore the studio space with their sound. Fill it up. Go, go all out. Will Ferrell, his instrument is a drumstick and a metal cowbell, and it's his job just to bang it. And as the skit progresses and they do take after take Christopher Walken encourages Will Ferrell to hit the cowbell more and more and harder and harder because he can't get enough give me more cowbell and with each take of the song the more enthusiastic and encouraged Will Ferrell is to play the cowbell He's wearing a very snugly fit shirt that as he is playing the cowbell harder and harder, the shirt is coming up 
higher and higher, it becomes more and more hilarious to the point where everyone in the cast that's in the skit is breaking character because they can't keep it together. And the band gets more and more frustrated with how loud and how aggressive Will Ferrell is playing the cowbell. And so it, it emerges into a shoving match and then Christopher Walken comes in to break it up. Christopher Walken exclaims, listen, I've got a fever. <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. And it's just oh, oh my to the moon. And Will Ferrell has said he has seen and spoken to Christopher Walken years past since then. And Christopher Walken has said to his face, you have ruined my life. Everywhere I go, no matter what I do, people say cowbell to me. If I'm at a restaurant and I'm getting cheese on my pasta, they don't ask me if I want par more Parmesan. They ask to borrow a cowbell. Oh gosh. Oh, it's so good. So Will Ferrell started his movie career while he was still at Saturday Night Live. And as we said before, the Roxbury guys got their own movie. The movie was called A Night at the Roxbury. And it was made, the movie was made the same year that the skit came out in 1998. The storyline is about two brothers who are undeniably pathetic, but strangely lovable. And their greatest dream is to open their own nightclub. And the theme would be very specific. The theme was an outside inside nightclub where that outside of the club would look like the inside. And once you go inside, it would look like you're standing on a city street. That was their big idea. And their idol is TV's Richard Grieco, who does appear in the film. The budget for Night at the Roxbury film was $17 million. And the box office was $30 million. Not too bad to start your film career. And there are so many people in Colin Quinn is in it. Uh, Lonnie Anderson is their mother. Dan Hedaya is their dad who owns the flower shop, who really, really wants to merge businesses <laughs> with the lamp store, oh, who Molly gosh. Shannon's father, her character's father, owns the lamp store, and he wants to merge the businesses Romeo and Juliet style. It's just, ins it's pure insanity. But it's great. Yes. Okay, so now we're going to jump into full movie mode. Zoolander. Zoolander was in 2001, which of course brought us Will Ferrell as Mugatu. Who derelict. His derelict fashion campaign to lure Zoo Derek Zoolander back into the fashion world. But his career started by creating a necktie that looks like a piano. It's so great. And his tiny dog. His tiny dog that has his matching hairstyle. His assistant who gives him frothy lattes. lattes. It's, it, it's it, just, he plays it to 11. He goes full throttle. He takes full advantage of how physically tall he is. And the wardrobe is manipulated. That looks like he's 20 feet tall, plus with the hair and platform boots. It's just a vision. 
I have to tell you, there was a friend of mine that dressed as Mugatu. So funny. And I loved it. And we went to Denny's after to this Halloween party. We went to Denny's. And he still never broke character when we were at Denny's. It was, it was the best. It was so funny. The campaign, Dare Leaked, is trash. <laughs> and I laughed so hard at that because... I feel as though most runways is like, what is this? Oh, well, it's a runway look. You wouldn't understand. His next movie was old school. Will Ferrell's character is Frank the Tank. And My he's boy a, Blue. He is a, a former frat boy who has tried to change his ways. And his friends suck him back into fraternity life, even though they are now full-grown men that have families. When... He goes to abduct his friend for initiation in the parking lot, and they are wearing not ski masks. They're wearing nylons over their face, and they pick up and throw their friend into the back of a panel van, and the wife is screaming, What's going on? I'm going to keep... I know. It'll be fine. We'll have him back before dinner. And then he grabs snacks from the groceries. I... It's... The physical comedy and him running naked through the streets. We're, uh, we're, we're going streaking. And once it hits your lips, it's so good. It tastes so good when he's doing beer bongs. It's, uh, the ca- it's an all-star cast. It's Vince Every Vaughn, joke. Luke Wilson. Every joke hits on so many levels. So they say that the streaking scene was filmed on a real street and they did a run through rehearsal where Will Ferrell was in a rope and Will Ferrell has said that people like like you would suspect when they're setting up movie cameras and clearly they're going to be filming something a crowd starts to gather (laughs) so he was doing the run through in the robe and there was a crowd and then they're like okay let's actually do it let's shoot it and Will Ferrell dropped the robe And he said he had never seen people run so fast. (laughs) (laughs) But what what sells it is his undying confidence. He is so confident that you don't feel bad laughing. He gives you full license, please. This is for your amusement. It's just incredible. So the commitment. The full commitment. And so in that same year, 2003, he released Elf. And he, of course, plays Buddy the Elf, the human who was raised by elves at the North Pole at Santa's workshop. A must-watch during the holiday season multiple times. Yes. Syrup and coffee! Why didn't I think of that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 all stick to the basic food groups: candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Is there sugar in syrup? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. Then yes. So I looked it up, and the scene, his first morning with staying with James Con, his real father, and his new family of Mary Steenburgen. And the and the their son, he has taken pasta noodles and covered them in maple syrup, 
has put candies and mixed them all together in a dish. And that's going to be his breakfast, which he he gives some of it to Mary Steenburgen to for take lunch. with her for lunch at work. Very sweet in a gallon Ziploc bag. And then What's he, her name on it? So sweet. And he begins eating his concoction in the film and enjoying it so much. So I found a thing that said they had to shoot that scene twice where he is eating because the first time they go, okay, let's film it. He took, started eating and he immediately vomited. <laughs> and he's like, I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but wow. So they had to reset the whole thing and then go again. But he, he also puts Pop-Tarts. Oh, crushed Pop-Tarts. That's right. And he crunches it with his hands and then puts it in his mouth. And he also slept well. He got a full 40 minutes and had time to make the rocking horse. And where did he get the wood from? The bookshelf. No, it was the entertainment center. Well, yeah. But yeah. It's so great. It's so pure. And when he goes in the mailroom work release it, it's oh just that's what you would expect to happen in a mailroom in new york if you had an elf that it's well you know it, it's just like santa's workshop except it's dark and it smells funny <laughs> and everyone looks like they want to hurt you So the next movie was um, Starsky and Hutch, and that starred Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. But Will Ferrell makes a very special cameo as Big Earl, and Big Earl was an imprisoned criminal who they go to meet, go to see in prison uh, with the little phones uh, separated by glass. And Big Earl loves dragons and also is very talented at embroidery. And it's just <laughs> insanity. Now, Will Ferrell does not, he is not in the credits. At the end of the movie, he just... Was there. He said, I will do it. Don't worry about it. Here he comes. It's Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy oh in 2004. We are born and raised in San Diego. So this, this film is made for people like us. It was directed by Adam McKay and it was written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. And these two, this slid off a firestorm of several movies between this, this pair. This movie was huge and to this day remains a very big deal, especially here in San Diego. The Coronado Bridge, which Jack Black uh, does a, a guest appearance there's as a so many so many amazing actors in it so obviously the crew um with brian fantana is paul rudd uh david keckner is champ kind steve carell is brick brick tamblin oh. um we have um fred willard as the news news station director uh chris parnell of course fabulous christina applegate as Veronica Corningstone. 
there's so many one-liners. 60% of the time works every time. So when they go to the jazz flute lounge, oh. and Fred Armisen is there, I saw this, and I don't know if it's true, but I saw it. So it says that Will Ferrell has known how to play the flute, and he learned in elementary school. So he's actually playing So the flute. I don't know if he's actually playing the flute or if he just is good enough at the flute that he could do it to, you know, mime along to the actual flute. But it is very possible that he's actually playing that jazz flute. When they announced that Anchorman Part 2 was actually going to be filmed in San Diego, on the news it and the radio, it advertised there would be an open cattle call. And if you showed up at a certain date and time, the first mm, 200 people were guaranteed to be extras in the film. Utter mayhem. insanity. They had no idea what they had said. They had rented an empty parking lot to have this happen you could not move in San Diego because all roads were going to this parking lot to audition to be in. And they had, the police came and had to shut it down because thousands of people had shown up. In costume. In full costume, which you got to admire their commitment. They had to shut it down when someone got hit by a car because they could, they were so desperate to get to the audition that they abandoned their vehicle and started running down the middle of the road. They're like, okay, guys, it's enough. We're done. You <laughs> ate an entire wheel of cheese? I'm not even, I'm not even I'm actually impressed. I, so so if you haven't noticed, we, in our daily lives, quote Will Ferrell movies, it's part of, it's most of our dialogue during the day. <laughs> I, I mean, in addition to just movie quotes in general? Or Saturday Night Live quotes. The next movie is called Wedding Crashers in 2005. Again, Will Ferrell is not the main character. He has a cameo at the very end, but his character is referenced right. throughout the movie. And his character is Chaz Reinhold. Um, the main characters are Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. And they, Vince Vaughn specifically, is telling Owen Wilson, the rule book of how to be a wedding crasher. And Vince Vaughn has gotten these rules from this unseen character named Chaz. And Chaz has said that what you, you, you crash a wedding that you were not invited to because that's where all the pretty girls are. The, the movie goes on and on and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson's character have a disagreement and split up as friends. And so Owen Wilson seeks out Chaz to see if he will be his friend. And who is Chaz but Will Ferrell? Who and lives with his mother and during the conversation... While he's in his bathroom. Yells to the other side of the, uh, other side of the house, Mom! The meatloaf! I never know what she's doing in there. And then the new... The new frontier that Will Ferrell invites Owen Wilson to go to is funerals. Funerals are the new things to crash. Weddings are over. And 
that's when Owen Wilson is like, no, this is too much. You've gone too far. Yes, I'm out. I'm out. So the next movie is Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, directed by Adam McKay, written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. This is where John C. Riley comes into the mix and is the dynamic duo of Shake and Bake. He's sponsored by Old Spice. They're sponsored no, by... But... <laughs> yeah, by everyone, essentially. Wonder Bread, you name it. Big Red Chewing Gum. <laughs> um, so, But I didn't know until we were in this stay-at-home order and on one of the upper movie channels was days of thunder i had not seen days of thunder start to finish i don't think ever and john c Riley is one of the main characters in days of thunder starring tom cruise starring tom cruise and i went oh my god is that why john c Riley is in talladega nights he has experience. He has experience. And it's so great. And I is shake and bake. And if you're not first, you're last. And I reference that as a, 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 being a coach. If you're not first, you're last. And I specifically have big red chewing gum in my backpack for tournaments because of Talladega Nights. Here comes Blades of Glory, 2007. Oh, man. And it is Will Ferrell as Chaz Michael Michaels. And to get ready for the film, both Will Ferrell and John Heater trained with Michelle Kwan's ice skating coach. is Sarah Kawana. We love the Olympics. And I dare to say that we love the Winter Olympics more than the Summer Olympics. Well, see, now I think I like the Summer Olympics more than the Winter. Okay. But I think I love the Winter Olympics more because of Blaze of Glory. The costumes, the music, the competition, uh, the high-stakes competition of ice skating or figure skating, and the cameos of professional skaters. It's an all-star cast. Will Arnett, Amy Poehler. That they're breaking ground that they are the only male pairs, figure scares, because there's nothing in the rule book because both of the characters have been disqualified and kicked out of male figure skating. Jimmy McElroy. The commitment to these characters is amazing. I don't I don't want to give any away spoilers. <laughs> but again, there are so many one liners from this film. So in 2007, you Snowflake. in 2007, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell teamed up this time for a very short film, and that was called The Landlord. And that was where Will Ferrell is, in, is a renter, and his landlord is a very angry woman. And we open the door to reveal it is a toddler named Pearl. In real life, Pearl is Adam McKay's daughter. It was to launch their website. It was website. launch their website, Funny or Die, which is a new website and comedy platform. And it, there was nothing bigger. It was, everyone saw it, everyone shared it. Oh my gosh, have you it seen this? It was like the YouTube era. 
had just begun. Yeah, it was just a lightning strike. And it was just so great. They had, they were feeding lines to this two-year-old beautiful little girl who was just learning how to speak. And, and Will Ferrell was supposed to be terrified and intimidated by her. And it was just so pure. And I'm not doing- Give me my money! <laughs> Where's the rent? Where's the rent? I'm not doing so good, Pearl. I'm not doing You're good. You're so mean. You're so mean. <laughs> so at that time, so when we saw, when that was released, you might notice that Will Ferrell, his hair, his natural hair is curly and he had let it grow into an enormous fro almost. His hair was enormous and it's like why is his hair like that? That's because at that time he was filming the movie semi-pro. Will Ferrell's character is Jackie Moon who lives in Flint, Michigan and is the owner of the basketball team the Tropics. Uh, his character has is very rich because he has made his money from a hit single called Love Me Sexy that he wrote and released, which it is revealed through the film that he actually did not write the song. He did not compose the music. His mother did. And he's been taking the credit the whole time. In real life, Niall, the incredible music producer, Niall Rogers, wrote and composed the track, which is why it is incredible. But he's a professional basketball player with with the tube socks and the headband. It takes but, place in but, the 1970s. Full, full disclosure, it is a really, really dirty. That movie is so dirty. I have only seen it on TV. And even on TV, it was filthy. Uh, my hope is that someday there will be a PG or PG-13 re-edit of this movie, semi-pro, because the non-dirty parts are so funny and so hilarious, I cannot tell you. He, like I said, he's in 1970s Flint, Michigan, pro basketball trying player. to get his, his basketball franchise to become part of the NBA. And the... the the politic and his the publicity stunts. He's a master at publicity, and he tries so hard. It's just so many magic moments. But if there's ever a re-edit where they cut out the vulgarity, it would be, I I would really enjoy that day. But that's okay because that same year in 2008 is Step Brothers, directed oh. by Adam McKay. Will, written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay and of course John C. Riley back in the mix. Brennan Huff and Dale Dobeck and Adam Scott as Will Ferrell's brother Derek. I love Adam Scott in this film because he's so over the top, horrible, nightmare brother. And he's the little brother, but he's the more successful. He's going to sell the house. Um, and, of course, he sells helicopters. The Catalina wine mixer. There's so many great things. You know, look, did we just become best friends? Yep. We're going to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Prestige Worldwide. 
Yes. It's okay. Pe- it's okay that my 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 mask isn't moving. <laughs> And here comes Mary Steen version playing Will Ferrell's mother, um, which she's just amazing. Um, the fact that they both sleepwalk anytime that it is on TV, I will stop whatever I'm doing and I will watch it in its entirety. When he gets buried in the front yard, she'll wake up the neighbors. They're buried me alive. So, in 2011, the TV show The Office was in full swing, and the actor Steve Carell was leaving the show uh, to transition on other projects. And so, they were having uh, a carousel of different actors come in to be the new boss. And one of those people was Will Ferrell, who did maybe four episodes as the new boss, and his name was D'Angelo Vickers who had an obsession with the Southwest and turquoise jewelry. Oh, that bracelet. And I I love The Office so much. There is, there's no replacing Steve Carell, but Will Ferrell does a fantastic job to fill in for a couple episodes that just, again, gives you a couple one-liners that are fantastic. And then in 2014, the Lego movie, where Will Ferrell is Lord Business and President Business. I cried from laughter, and my face hurt, and I love that film. The Legend of Bandaid. The Craggle. The the Craggle, which is super glue. Um, It's just... It's so good. Lord Business is just, it takes it to that other level. That There are jokes that hit with the parents that the kids don't quite, they can't quite comprehend. That's where Lego Movie is, and that's where all of Will Ferrell's jokes are. So in 2017 and 2018, Will Ferrell embarked on a new project with Molly Shannon where they were characters that were commentators on the Rose Bowl parade and it was so great because Molly Shannon was Tish Cadigan and Will Ferrell was Cord Hosenbeck and they fully committed and they I believe it was for I believe it was for Amazon Amazon was trying Prime was they were launching a new digital platform for movies and video for prime members i i have to tell you when i heard this was coming out and they told me it was only on amazon prime i got amazon prime i became an amazon prime member because of that they had a legitimate setup for the rose bowl and they had all of the cards of all the names of the people the floats and and people thought it was real that they were the legit characters they didn't know that it was will ferrell will ferrell and molly shannon because they were in full costume um will ferrell kind of reprised his character of marty culp from saturday night live uh the 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 music teacher bald cap beard glasses his character raised 
basset hounds for blue ribbon competitions and he was single by choice yes he did the rose parade and then they did the royal wedding the royal wedding of harry, harry and megan and, and megan markle and went to england to film it and they did a press tour on the late night shows before they actually did the royal wedding as their characters but the again the commitment that he has to these characters is what makes it all of the material hit and tim meadows would be their man on the street uh, circulating the actual tim meadows yes circulating through the street so that brings us to the movie of today which is Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, directed by David Dopkin and written by Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele. Andrew Steele is a veteran writer from Saturday Night Live. So this movie is available only streaming on Netflix currently. Um, And we will try our best not to do spoilers because the movie has come out very recently, and so you might not have had the chance to see it yet. Um, as we said in the beginning, we recommend you see it. It is We enjoyed it very much. And if you enjoy Will Ferrell, we're confident that you will enjoy this movie. Will Ferrell's character is Lars Eriksson. Uh, Rachel McAdams is Sigrid, Eric's daughter. And it takes place in Iceland. And they are in in the town of Husvik, a town of 2,300 people. So it's small. And his father is played by Pierce Brosnan. Which Will Ferrell refers to his father, Pierce Brosnan, as a very, very attractive man. Yes. The most handsome man in Iceland. Which the running gag between Will and and Rachel is that is Will Ferrell's character Lars is not a hundred percent convinced that he and she are not related are not related because the town is so small and he continues to say oh we're not no we're not brother and sister Eh, well (laughs) we, we might not be and it's like what um, so the this basic storyline it, it ta- surrounds the Eurovision Song Contest, and for those who do not know, um, the Eurovision Song Contest is a real thing. It's an international song competition that has been held annually by the European Broadcasting Union since 1956, and since the year 2000 has been available for viewing online at least 50 countries are eligible to participate and viewership ranges between 100 and 600 million viewers everybody watches it everyone watches it it is a huge deal and as you will see in the movie each country that is qualified to participate um, they choose 12 um singing acts from their from their country they have their own little runoff competition in their country and then the winner of that goes on to participate in europe 
in the uh, Eurovision contest, which is held at a different country every year. It is the it is the country that wins the previous year, then hosts Eurovision the next year for the competition. Yes, and in this particular place and time, the competition will be held in Scotland in the movie. So they must travel from Iceland to Scotland. I love the songs. I love the costumes. I love the interaction of the of the characters. I love the storyline. I love the competitors. It's so great. And then we even get Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato makes a cameo appearance, yes, as, a, as an Icelandic singer. Um, Which is good for her. The songs in this film are overdubbed and mixed with the voices of the actors. So when the actors are singing, there's a they're singing, but they have a lot of help. And um, the singers for Rachel McAdams is a Swedish singer, and her name is Molly Sandin. And the singer who is singing for the Russian contestant, a.k.a. Alexander Lemtov. Uh, the real singer, his name is, he is also Swedish, and his name is Eric Majons. And I hope I say that right. Oh, and then, Lion of Love. Yes. And so the songs are, the songs that Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams sing is Volcano Man, Double Trouble, and My Hometown. Lion of Love is sang by Alexander from Russia. And In the Mirror is sang by Katyana, a.k.a. Demi Lovato. And then there are numerous participants of the real Eurovision past competitions uh, pop up throughout this movie. So if you see a person singing, there is a very high chance that they are a real person and singing a real song. Really real song from their past appearances. And especially in the mansion party where the contestants do a song along. I love the song along so much because everybody is dressed to the nines. And it's so good going through the mansion and the weaving of the songs. Mm -hmm. I loved it. So according to articles I've read, the Icelandic accent and the way, the way she speaks, the way she moves for Rachel McAdams' character, she worked really intensely with a dialect coach and studied footage of Icelandic singer Bjork. And when you watch her, she's so fantastic, but you just love her instantly you are on her side you want her to, to have succeed. to succeed in life and when you meet Alexand Alexander Lemtov um, it is written that he when they were writing it they the care the person that they were basing it on in their mind was a Rus Eurovision Russian contestant from 1995 and his name was Philip Krakow and when you see his dancers um, when you see his type of music, the way he sings, um, they say that's very much influenced by that person. 
but I counter that his wardrobe, his hair, his makeup, the jewelry, the jewelry, the shoes is extremely influenced by American singer Adam Lambert. Not the style of singing, the clothes, the wardrobe, the look is Adam Lambert. It's uncanny when he is walking through the mansion and through the competition and the camera is behind him, following him through the crowd. And I go, my God. I mean, I thought it was Adam. A hundred percent, especially with the rose suit. He has that on tour with Queen. Oh, and, and the black and gold brocade is from... Versace. Yeah. The, the competition is helped along, may or may not have been helped along by certain things in Icelandic culture. So Iceland is, as you'll see, is obviously very remote and steeped in mythology. And Rachel McAdams Sigrid very much believes in the old traditions and she calls upon those traditions to help them win. And the very beginning of the film starts with them as children watching TV and seeing the band ABBA, the Swedish band ABBA, on Eurovision. And I looked it up, ABBA did indeed win the Eurovision contest which... in 1974, which then opened them up to the world. So that just gives you an idea. That's what launched ABBA. And who doesn't know who ABBA is? So this con that gives you a hint right away right off the bat in this movie if you don't know what eurovision is get ready because it's extremely important and it can change your life and they even make the joke where they <laughs> they meet americans that are like oh eurovision is that like the voice and they're like and they get very upset no it's not the voice this movie is very I, I, I almost ventured to say sweet. There are some things that are a little pushing the envelope, but there is no nudity. Um, Will Ferrell does take his shirt off. It's very enjoyable. It focuses on the banter and just the absurd. And I feel like the characters are so genuine that you root for them and you care about them. And it's already given us one-liners like I love Alexander mostly responds to everything goes yes but of course I just I love it it's not just yes it's an emphatic yes like Ab but of course it is I love that just in for you know you you know you know where you stand with him it's like yes yes of course I I love the elves and Rachel McAdams as Sigrid, her character is just so innocent. And supportive. And supportive. The two of them, um, Lars and Sigrid, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, they're so supportive of each other. They've been friends since forever. And you just, you don't necessarily see that so much. Like sometimes there's usually one person that's, you know, really supportive and one's kind of a jerk and stuff like that. Um, which there's a little bit of that because they're human, but by and large, they're best very, friends. they're very best friends and so sweet. And when they go on this grand adventure, 
I feel it's a very uplifting movie. Um, there's some things that happen, of course, in a movie, but of course, um, because you have to have conflict and then you have to have, you know, uh, plot points and things like that. So there's some drama. Um, and we're not going to spoil it. And we're not going to spoil it for you because you, you should go see it if you love um, Will Ferrell movies. I feel like it's a very satisfying viewing experience. And I was very surprised at how good it was being a Netflix film. Yes, we're in this, for us, um, we're in this new thing of, you know, our, our experience in life has been good movies go to the movie theater and stay for a period of time and then they move on to home video. If a movie is terrible, they try to recoup their losses by immediately sending it to video and trying to get back as much money as just to break even. So this whole new restructuring of where you can send a fantastic film direct to video, and that was the plan, um, is foreign to us. So whenever we see a film that's like direct to Netflix or Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime or iTunes or what have you, and we watch it and it's fantastic. It's a very surprising experience for us. Most welcome. I mean, it's such a cliche, but you know, like to be saying, in these uncertain times, in these troubling times. It's, it's, it's a ray, it's, this, this movie genuinely is a ray of light. It's very sweet, it's funny, it's fun. Yeah, I, I, the fact that it's accessible. I mean, you gotta imagine, the journey to actually get something approved, uh, written, approved, produced, filmed, edited, edited, packaged, and put out for consumption is such a long journey. And even if you get through many of those hurdles, there are still films that get made that don't get released. They just put them on the shelf and they never get released. And the frustration and heartbreak that goes with that it just unimaginable so what i'm saying is the fact that we're able to have a delightful romp of a movie like this is such a welcome delight and i really so unexpected so unexpected because i literally i did not know i i literally did not know what to expect because uh the the trailer i saw was and i'm not spoiling it because it's in the very beginning is that uh, Will Ferrell and video. Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams dressed as Vikings on a frozen fjord, volcano, singing digital music, uh, electronic music, and I was just like, "Wow, I don't know what this is, but I will take a chance." And um, it was it was really a welcome surprise. And I I say to everyone involved, "You did such a great job." It Bravo. was. It was filmed in Iceland, it was filmed in Scotland, and Tel Aviv. I will tell you that um, when you see the parts of the film where they're performing on the giant Eurovision stage in front of a live crowd, that is in Tel Aviv at a live taping of Eurovision. They used the same crowd. Eurovision, the producers of the actual show, for Will Ferrell to approach them and say, hey, 
this is our idea and they actually let them shoot on that stage with that crowd Mm -hmm. i can't imagine american idol or the voice allowing anybody so will ferrell's wife in real life is is born and raised in sweden uh they live here now but they always summer in sweden with their children she loves and has grown up watching the Eurovision Song Contest. So one time, when they were, so when they were, when they got married, it was time for Eurovision, and so she had it on TV. And he had never seen this before, and he was just in total awe of what is this? I've never heard of this in my entire life. So she explained to him what it was, and he immediately became a genuine fan of this competition show. And for years, he has been wanting to do a scripted movie about the Eurovision Song Contest in one way or another. And he has actually attended live tapings, has been in the audience for Eurovision as a fan. So he is coming from a place of genuine love and affection for this institution. And I really think it shows that he loves this. And he's, his character, Lars, says over and over again that it has been his dream and his only dream to not only be representing Iceland in Eurovision, but to win mm-hmm. Eurovision. And that is his only goal in life, Yeah, is to win. With his song. And he also knows what what song will or won't win the competition. And I, I, I appreciate that yeah. so much. So suffice it to say, you guys, um, we recommend this movie. And um, if you watch the movie, let us know uh, what you think and how you feel. And also, let us know what your favorite Will Ferrell movie is. Uh, what your favorite Saturday Night Live skit, whether it be a Will Ferrell skit or just another skit that you love. Because I do want to do uh, another uh, episode that is about Saturday Night Live. I realize that doing an episode entirely about Saturday Night Live would kind of be impossible because it has been on for so long. It's an American institution. It, it 100% is. I do want to also tackle um, Kids in the Hall. I only feel like Kids in the Hall is feasible because it was only on for a certain amount of time. It was lightning in a bottle. And we saw them live on stage. And they're just incredible. I also want to mention that we have gotten the chance to see Will Ferrell perform live. He did a charity show with Jack Black here in San Diego uh, for a cancer uh, charity. And it w- he did the entire show as Ron Burgundy. As the MC. And he was the host of the show, and he was introducing the acts, and then he would um, do some stand-up. And he was incredible. And he and Jack Black, and I have also seen Jack Black live at a charity event as an MC. There are some people, and I will not name names, but there are some people that are celebrities that agree be the MC of a charitable event and they somewhat assume that their presence alone is enough 
and they don't really prepare and they don't put in effort. Will Ferrell and Jack Black are not those two type of people. They work so hard prepping material and making sure that everyone was entertained and having a good time and genuinely wanted the charity to succeed. It was such a wonderful night. And uh, so thank you so much to Will Ferrell. We have no association whatsoever with that charity um, or that event. But just on behalf as an audience member, I thought it was fantastic. I think that they, they, he read the room, is that it was everyday people who had bought these tickets, and it meant a lot. Yeah. You know, appreciated the everyday man of like, hey, you know, you bought the tickets, you got dressed, you drove down here, and you're here. And thank you, and you're sort you know supporting a great cause. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's great. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. So, Will Ferrell, if you're out there and you happen to listen to this, um, thank you so so much for all the laughs over your career, and we hope to have many many more in the future. I would say, can we get a sequel for Fire Saga? Because there's things that happen in this movie where there definitely opens it up for a possible sequel. And I gotta tell you, um, it makes you really wanna go to Iceland. It's so beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful. And Scotland, of course, no surprise, beautiful. And uh, an all around fantastic adventure. Um, so thank you so much guys for being with us and going through our fond memories of hilarity and I hope this inspires you to go back and uh, celebrate the catalog of Will Ferrell mm -hmm. and enjoy a few laughs and this has been I'm not complaining I'm just asking for more cowbell and fire saga and yaya ding dong yaya ding dong ding Ding dong dong. (laughs)